0: grace as she built up the fire. Smoke was cleverly funneled up a cleft in the rock and out. One of her many great nephews had carved the chimney, and though she didn't remember his name, a face floated to mind. Methodically, she spooned water into the tiny puckered mouth of the newborn baby, one of dozens abandoned each year by the villagers, unwanted and doomed from their first breath. All they asked of her was that she saw them on their way to paradise. The villagers revered her as a holy woman and often sought her aid. The scripturalists tolerated her, turning a blind eye, for they too had needs, their own dead to placate. From time to time, a zealot tried to drive away the Jadugara, the witch, but they seldom lasted long. Condemning her tended to prove unlucky, and if they came in force, she was very hard to find. The villagers wanted her intercessions with the ancestors. She told them what they needed to hear, and in return she was given food and drink, clothes and fuel, and their unwanted children. They never asked what became of them. Life was harsh here, and death came easy. There was never enough for all. The child in her lap squalled its mouth questing for sustenance as she looked down at it without emotion. She, too, was a jackal of another sort, and great-grandmother of her own pack. When she was younger, she'd had lovers and conceived once, a girl who became a woman and bred many more. The Jadugara still watched over her ancestors, pieces in her unseen game. She had dwelt here longer than any realized pretending to age, die, and be replaced for centuries. The crypt cavern in which her predecessors were supposedly buried was empty, at least of her own predecessors. Instead, she interred the bones of dead strangers. From time to time, she would leave to wander the world, wearing scores of faces and names, moving through young woman to old crone like some seasoned goddess of the Solon faith. She did not feed the child, for that would be wasteful, and nothing here could be wasted. Not in this place, and especially not by her, who purchased power so dearly. She tossed a pinch of powder into the flames and watched them change color from pale orange to a deep emerald. The air temperature fell in seconds, though the flames flared higher. The smoke thickened, and the night inhaled watchfully. The time had come. She picked up a knife from the pile of knickknacks at her knee and pressed it against the baby's tiny chest. Her eyes met the child's briefly, but she did not reflect or regret. She'd lost those emotions somewhere in her youth. She had done this more than a thousand times in her long life, in dozens of lands, on two continents. For her, it was as necessary as food or water. She pushed the blade through the baby's ribs, silencing the child's brief cry. The little mouth opened, and the hag placed her lips to the infant's mouth. She inhaled, and she was replenished, more than by the jackal. If the child had been older, she would have got more, but she would take whatever came her way. She placed the dead baby to one side, meat for the jackals. She had taken what she needed. She let the smoky energy she had ingested settle inside her. It recharged her as only the swallowed soul of another could. Her vision cleared. Her vitality renewed. Replenished, she rekindled her awareness of the spirit world, which took some time. The spirits knew her and would not approach unless compelled. Some she had bound to her will, though, and from these she selected a favorite. She crooned his name, Janastarmi, as she sent out sticky tendrils of power. She poked at the fire, stirring the embers into flame, and added more powders, making the smoke run thicker. Janastarmi, come. It was long minutes before the face of her spirit guardian formed in the smoke, blank as an unpainted Lantris carnival mask. The eyes were empty, the mouth a blackness.